podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Oh, I couldn't be more excited about the subject matter that we're getting into under the influence. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and the role that he plays in our lives. Now, throughout the year, we want to make sure that we're doing foundational teachings. There's a lot of times we'll come in and it's more feel good and just kind of helping you where you're at. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't go deeper and get some foundational truths, those messages will not change you. You've got to go to the foundation of the Bible. So this is, this is a series over the next couple of weeks. It's, it's re- the format's going to be a lot of teaching. But I'm here to tell you, if you will listen and apply it to your life, it will change your life. The Bible says, my people, God says this, my people are destroyed because they're dancing too much in church. No, he says they're destroyed because they don't have the knowledge that they need to be successful. So we're going to get some knowledge concerning the Holy Spirit over the next couple of weeks. And here's my prayer and here's my belief that our lives, this church will be better, stronger, and greater than it's ever been. That your families, that your homes, because what I'm getting ready to teach you will affect you in every area of your life. Your marriage, raising your kids, your bank account. Come on, there's answers in the subject matter of the Holy Spirit. And it's okay if you would like to help me preach all the way in Fresno, Madeira. I can hear your shouts here in Clovis. The preacher likes the help. (laughs) You know, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of crazy stuff that is going on in the church world and a lot of things that's been associated with the Holy Spirit that really has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to be going straight to the Word of God, and we're going to find out what the Bible, not your neighbor, not what some of the other preacher says, but what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. But let me just say this as we begin today, as we start. I want to just say that the Holy Spirit is not some spooky ghost. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not outdated. And the Holy Spirit is not unbiblical. Uh, if, if I could say anything to you, the Holy Spirit is absolutely wonderful, and you will want to know Him. I am where I am today because of the empowerment of the Spirit of God in my life. He is absolutely wonderful, and you will want to know him. Where we get our, our, our series title is from Ephesians chapter 5. This is going to bless you, verse 18. Here it is. Here's what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. He says, uh, don't, be, don't drink too much wine. Nudge your neighbor and say, I think God's talking to you this morning. Other translations, it got quiet in this. It got quiet in this wine-sipping church. But anyhow, don't drink too much. Other translation says don't be drunk with wine. That's, that's the Bible's issue with drinking any kind of alcohol. Don't drink too much wine, for many evils lie along that path. That's a revelation for some of you today. That's the help. That's all you needed to hear today. You'll be good. Just tattoo that on your arm before you go do something stupid, Right? 
Here's what I want you to catch, though. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit, and watch this, controlled by him or under his influence. Paul is saying, don't be under the influence of alcohol. It's not the, that alcohol, God doesn't have an issue with alcohol. He has an issue with you being under the control of it. But he also has, you, has an issue with you being under the control of worry. He also has an issue with you being under control, the control of stress and bitterness and unforgiveness. He says, I don't want you to be under the control of any of that, love, sick, whatever, lust, whatever. I want you to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Let your life, in other words, be impacted and affected by the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is my hope for our church is that we as a people would be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Um, again, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there, there, there's one group out there, they, they say they want nothing to do with the Holy Spirit because they have seen some crazy, some crazy stuff. They've, they've seen some misrepresentation of the Holy Spirit, stuff that's been done that that in the name of the Holy Spirit, that is not the Holy Spirit. And so, so, so they don't want anything to do with that, that Holy Spirit stuff. And then you have another group that they're all about the Holy Spirit. You know, they know they're smart. They know everything. You can't tell those people anything. They know everything about the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, is that there's a lot of misbeliefs and a lot of things that they need to learn still about the Holy Spirit. But then we have this other group that's probably the largest group and uh, it's the group that really don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And I would venture to say here at Celebration, the thousands of people that come to all of our locations every week, and that there's probably a lot of people that really don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you're that way today uh, at any of our campuses, you're, you're not alone. In fact, in the Bible, there were actually Christ followers who didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you that in the Bible. Uh, Paul, uh, 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 or Luke records it in Acts chapter 19. Notice what it says here. It says, when Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast. Now notice where he found several believers. So, so these, are, these are people that believe in Christ. They're following Christ. But notice what Paul asks in the very next question in verse 2. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So here's a whole group, and their, their response is, he asked them, no, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they're Christ followers. They're, they're following Christ. They're coming to church every Sunday like you are. But that they don't even know there's such a thing. And I think there's so many in the church today in, in, in our world that know nothing about the Holy Spirit. I, do, I just want to uh, uh, make this note because it'll help us as we venture into this series. Notice he says, Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Because we understand in the book of Acts, if you read the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was given as a result of a prayer meeting, a 10-day prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit came and indwelt and empowered the, the New Testament church and believers. And so I want to make this point is that, is that we don't pray for the Holy Spirit because he's already come. New Testament believers just receive 
the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg God for him to come. You just simply say, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, I receive you. And that, that right there, that truth right there will help a lot of people with this stumbling block. Well, I got to pray him down. I got to get him to come. He's already here. In fact, if you're, if you're born again, he's already on the inside of you. What, what you need to do is just be awakened and receive the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside. So these believers, they, they don't even know that there's anything uh, such as the, the Holy Spirit. And so many people today are in that same place. So today, as I introduce this, this subject to you, or introduce him to you and show you clearly what the Bible says about him uh, I want to use um, two questions that's going to kind of help us as we, we, we dive into this today, as we just introduction, introducing the subject matter of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to say this. We're going to be on this at least three weeks, I know. Uh, I would encourage you. I know a lot of busy stuff going on, but this is life-changing, and I'm asking you as a church, if you can, at all possible, you need to be here because I, I believe this is going to change our church. I know some of you only come once every Easter, once every Christmas. Some of you come once every month. But I'm here to tell you, I believe so much in the subject matter and how it's changed my life. And, and so many people are asking, man, I need help. And you'll call them for prayer. I'm telling you, if you'll give me three weekends of your life, this will change I was raised in church all my life, but the things I'm teaching you today are the things that in my early 20s absolutely changed my life, and I believe it will change your life. So at all of our campuses, I'm asking you to give me at least three weeks of your time, and, and if you're excited about that, can you just yell, scream? Wow, okay, good, good. Some of you are lying, lying right now in church, but anyhow... So the way I want to do this, the way I want to unpack this today is by asking two different questions and then answering those questions. Here's, here's the first question. Uh, who is the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to answer today. The second question we're going to ask today is what does the Holy Spirit do? And we're going to answer that. So let's start off today by asking the, the first question, who is the Holy Spirit? And let's give you the answer to that. This is what I need you to know about the Holy Spirit this is the answer to who he is. Here it is. Number one, he is a person. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is not some cosmic, mystical force that comes along and just zaps you. Uh, the Holy Spirit, hear me, is not a power. The Holy Spirit is not an influence. The Holy Spirit is not an emotion. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. I'm talking to some people that's been raised in church all your life. He's not a feeling. He's not goosebumps. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is not goosebumps. You're just probably cold, right? He's not a twitch. He's not a jerk. He's not a run. He's not a fall down. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a power. Come on. He's not an influence. He's not an emotion. In fact, the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as a person. So important, absolutely important that you start right here. In fact, Jesus himself, when he talks about the Holy Spirit, he talks about him being a person. Notice John 14, verse 17. Notice the personal pronouns Jesus uses to introduce the Holy Spirit. He, he is the Holy Spirit who leads you. He leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him, him, 
because it isn't looking for him. Can I just stop right there? Is the reason why the world does not receive the Holy Spirit according to this is that they're, they're not looking for him or he, they don't recognize him. But that's not just worldly people. That's a bunch of worldly church folks too. The reason why a lot of people are not experiencing the Holy Spirit is they're not looking for him and they're not recognizing him. They're looking for an influence, a force, a, a feeling. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus, the head of the church, says the Holy Spirit is a he because he isn't looking for him and does not recognize him. But you know him, personal pronoun again, because he lives with you and now and now and later will be in you. This is John. This is before the church was birthed in the book of Acts. I know there's a lot of Bible, but we're going to get this thing. The, the, the birth of the church was birthed in the book of Acts. They received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is prior to that event, so he has not come. But when he comes, and he came, he will be in you. He'll be with you, and he'll be with, with you. But here's the point that I need you to catch today, is that Jesus himself says the Holy Spirit is a person. Why is this so important? Because if you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, you will not relate to him personally. You see, you don't develop relationships with things. Uh, some of you might, but, but most of us, we don't, relate, we, don't, we don't develop relationship with things or we develop relationships with people. And as long as you see the Holy Spirit as a thing or a force, you will never develop You'll never respond in a relationship to him, to him. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, for all you Bible nerds out there, there's a few of us here at church today. I'm just going to give you a bunch of references. You're probably going to have to write them down quick or listen to the CD again. But I'm just going to show you, and this is just, this, I'm just going to give you one reference. I could probably give you 10 per each. I'm going to give you one reference on what the Bible says, these characteristics that, 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 that constitutes the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible, first of all, tells us that the Holy Spirit has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a mind in Romans 8, 27. The Bible also says that he has a will, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit has emotions. We find that in, in Romans chapter 15, verse 30. These are things that are attributed to a person, not a thing. The Bible goes on to teach us that he can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. He feels sorrow, Ephesians 4.30, that he can be frustrated. You can frustrate the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells that in Isaiah 63.10. It also tells us that he can be insulted in Hebrews 10. 29. Bible tells us the Holy Spirit cries out. Things don't cry out, but people do, right? The Bible says he cries out, Galatians 4, 6. The Bible says that he speaks and he hears. He speaks and he hears in John 16, 13. That's awesome. He, he speaks. Things don't speak. People speak. He teaches and instructs, the John 14, 26. He teaches and instructs. Anybody need some help? Need some answer? He teaches and he instructs. The Bible tells us that he gives comfort in Acts 9, 31. Anybody need any comfort today? Acts 5, 1 through 11 says that he can be lied to. He doesn't believe the lie because he's God, right? 
but he can be lied to, right? Well, you can't lie to things. You lied to people. He can be resisted, Acts 7, verse 51. These are all things that describe a person. So the first thing that you need to know about the Holy Spirit is that he is a person. This is going to help you. Because, because if you see him as a person, then you're going to begin to want to develop a relationship with him. The second thing that I think you need to know about the Holy Spirit is that he is not weird. <laughs> He's not weird. Um, now, I know there's been a lot of weird things done that have taken place that people have attached to the Holy Spirit. But this is what I want to say. The Holy Spirit is not weird. It's people who are weird. Come on, that's a good place to clap right there. Come on, that's a good place to give me an amen right there. He's, he's not weird. It's people. Come on, it's people that are weird. It's people that do weird things. Don't, don't put that. Don't blame the Holy Spirit for that crazy stuff you've been doing. He's not weird. Now, 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 I grew up in church, so I've been around this all my life. In fact, I was raised in one of those kind of churches. Anybody raised in one of those kind of churches? And for those that haven't been, you are blessed, highly favored. <laughs> you are a blessed people. But I was raised in one of those kind of churches that, man, it, 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 was, it, was, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. I mean, I mean we, the women in our church couldn't even wear pants. I mean, th- th- this, is, this, this is like going back. They couldn't wear pants. They, they, they had to have their hair in a bun. You think the bun is just something new, you know, especially these guys like our pastor, our campus pastors are wearing sporting buns now. It's like, what's up with that? Like, Pastor Lance, he's got a bun. I don't understand the bun thing. I mean, the women in the church I grew up, they all had buns. They all had buns, and they all wore dresses, and they couldn't wear any makeup. Men in our church, they were ugly, ugly women. Thank God, it's celebration. We got beautiful women. Thank God for makeup. Come on, somebody ought to give me a big... Come on, men. It's time to celebrate. Thank God for makeup. And then you just never knew when the music started what was going to happen. You just never knew. I mean, you just never knew if they were going to start shaking uncontrollably or the chicken dance and and all the... It's not the Holy Spirit. That's just weird people doing weird things. They do the same thing at concerts. You ever been to a concert? Don't, don't blame that on the artist. That's just you doing, the, just, just doing weird. People do. I, I was at a Giants game the other day. People do weird things, weird things. You can't blame that on the, it's just the fans doing, because people are weird. Here's my point. The Holy Spirit is not weird. This is what Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit. He says he's not weird, he's good. Notice John 16, 7, but I tell you that I'm going to do, he says, I'm going to do what is best for you. If the Holy Spirit this w- it was weird, this wouldn't be best for you. What you're going to do, that is why I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. Jesus is telling the disciples, listen, it's going to be better for you that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can come and live in you and be with you because he is good. He is good. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not weird. Here's the third thing I'd like you to know about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is, is God. He's God. 
Number one, he's a person. Number two, he's, he's not weird. And number three, he is he's God. This is so important to your foundation of faith as, as a Christ follower to understand that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, he is he's God. Now, now, a lot of us, we talk about we talk about the Father God. You know, he's somewhere in heaven on the throne, right? And then we all are comfortable with Jesus, right? He's the one that died for us on the cross. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's kind of like left out. He's kind of like ignored. But the Bible teaches us that, that, that the, God, the God we serve is, 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 is one God. Hear this. I'm going to give you some theology here. That the God we serve is one God that's revealed in three persons. This is what the Bible says about our God. He's one God revealed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In theology, we would call this the, the Trinity. Now, now, how can God be one God in three persons? How can God, and that's, that's been the debate, and that's that's the, you know, the intellectual minds have debated that. We're trying to answer that million-dollar question. How can one God be in three persons? Well, you don't have the answer, and I don't have the answer, but I believe this is probably the best answer. The reason why God can be one God in three persons is because he's God. <laughs> Come on, somebody, he's God. He's just, he's just He's just smarter than we are. He's just, he's got more brains than we are. I, I can't figure it out. So, so is, is, is God one or is God three? Yes, he's one, he's three, he's God. Leave it up to God. But here's what I want to show you, that, that the doctrine of the Trinity, the three persons of the Godhead is, is throughout the Bible. And we could have spent the whole day just on this, but I'm just trying to give you headlines and I encourage you to go study that. But let me just show you in Scripture a few verses that shows you the Trinity at work. Here's John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus is talking here. He's speaking here. And notice he says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, notice, so that's God the Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father, that's, that's the Father God in heaven, the Father will send in my name. That's Jesus, the Son. So we have, we, have, we have God the Father, you have God the Son, and you have God the Holy Spirit all in one verse here. John 14, verse 16. Here's another example of this. Jesus talking here. He says, I, Jesus, will ask the Father, the Father God in heaven, and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit. So you have Jesus the Son, you have God the Father, and you have God the Holy Spirit, the helper, who will stay with you forever. It's all throughout Scripture. Luke 3, verse 22, we actually see them in one location. Here is Jesus being baptized. Come on, are you all good? Are you with me? Jesus is being baptized in water in his earthly ministry. Right? And we notice here in Luke 3.22, it says, And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. He's not a dove, but he's descending like the dove. So here is the Spirit of God, a person, right, in bodily form like a dove, upon him, that being Jesus, he's being baptized. And a voice, that's the Father God in heaven, came from heaven, which said, You are my beloved Son, in whom, in you, who, in Son, in you I am well pleased. All three persons of the Godhead, right there, the Trinity, all operating together as one. God. Now, let me show you. Here's what I want to show you. 
I want to show you specifically that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is God. Acts 5, verses 3 through 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Here you go. You have not lied to men, but to God. But to God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not weird. And hear me today, the Holy Spirit is God. Here's the fourth thing that you need to know about the Holy Spirit that that, that I want to tell you this morning is number four, he wants to be your best friend. He wants to be, come on, all of our campuses hear this. This is so exciting for me. He wants to be your best friend. In fact, this is the whole reason why I'm teaching this series because we just came out of a relationship series and so many people are bummed because they have all kinds of issues with their relationship. But I'm here to tell you, if you ever get this relationship with the Holy Spirit right, your marriage relationship will be good, your family relationships will be good, all of your relationships will be good. And those that are needing relationships, hello, singles, husbands and wives, you work on this relationship with the Holy Spirit, and it won't be long. I'm preaching now. It won't be long, and Mr. Wonderful will come walking into your life. I think we ought to shout right there. Let me show you. Let me show you. He wants to be your best friend. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, this verse has been rocking my world. Notice what Paul says here. This is absolutely at the end of 2 Corinthians. He's actually giving the benediction. It's actually his prayer. Notice what Paul says here, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. So here he starts off. He's praying this prayer. He's praying that you would know something about Jesus Christ. What does he want you to know about Jesus Christ? He wants you to know about the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful that Jesus became your sin? He became your shame. You you got what you did not deserve when Jesus died upon the cross. He became sin for you. He took your shame. He took your guilt. He took your ridiculousness. And and Paul is saying, man, if you just understood that amazing grace of Jesus who died on the cross. In fact, the reason why he starts off with Jesus is because Jesus is the way to the Father. You can't even get to the Father until you come to Jesus. So he starts off with the amazing grace of Jesus. And then he talks about the extravagant love of God. How many of you are thankful that God has forgiven you? Come on, that God loved you, that he sent his son. Extravagant love of God. Now notice he talks about Jesus, the amazing grace. He talks about the Father God and his love. Now notice what he wants to talk about the Holy Spirit, what he wants to say about the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this. If you miss this point, you've missed all of this weekend's This is it. This is it. This is it. Catch the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to know something about Jesus. You need to know about his grace. I need you to know something about the the Father. You need to know about his love. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, here's what I need you to know. Here's my prayer, Paul says, is the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. He doesn't talk about an intimate friendship relationship with Jesus. He doesn't talk about an intimate relationship with God the Father, but when it comes to a relationship, he wants you to know that you are to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And a lot of us are not operating in the power of God because we have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. We get the Jesus thing, we get the Father God thing, 
but we have never received or opened ourselves up to the, to the relationship of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says that you would have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Paul's desire is that the Holy Spirit would be your, your bestie. Come on. Come on. He, he would be your, your bestie. Come on. So, some, some of you need to go on social media and, 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 and become his friend today. You need, to, you need to friend. Come on, somebody. You need to friend the Holy Spirit. Now, why is this, this friendship, this intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, why, why, why is this so important? Because the answer to the second question shows us why this is so important. Here it is. We're going to talk about it. What does the Holy Spirit do now? And when we answer that, you're going to see why this relationship is so important. What does the Holy Spirit do? We could pretty well sum that up in one answer, and we're going to be closing with this. Here it is right here. He is our helper. He is our, our helper. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit has been sent to help you with life, with marriage, with finances, with raising kids. He's been sent to help you live life here on earth. That's the reason why an intimate relationship with him is absolutely so important. And if the enemy can keep you out of an intimate relationship with God the Spirit, then you're going to lack the ability and the help that you need to do what you need to do in this life. Jesus absolutely makes this so clear in talking about the Holy Spirit. Think about this on the night. Maybe you don't know this, but on the night before Jesus died and hung, up on, hung on a cross for you, he got his disciples together, and, and, and for three chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus begins to open up his heart, and he says, okay, here's my last words. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the Father, and this is what you've got to know. I mean, you think about it. A person's last words, those have got to be the most important words. And what's interesting is the subject matter that Jesus wants to talk about in John 14, 15, and 16 is is he wants to introduce to them, they they didn't know, he wants to introduce to them the the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm I'm getting ready to go, guys. I'm getting ready to die upon the cross for, for the sins of the world, but this is what you need to know. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to be your helper. In fact, five different times in those three chapters, Jesus tells them, guys, when he comes, here's what he's going to do. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. Let me show you real quick, John 14, verse 16 through 17. We're going to go through these quickly. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, helper who will be with you forever. That helper is the spirit of truth. Jesus says, okay, guys, I'm, I'm getting ready to go. I don't have a whole lot of whole lot of time to tell you what's really important. But before you just go do the Sunday morning thing and live your rest of your life, you need to know that that there's some help for you. He also goes on to say in John 14, 26, he says, he says, however, the helper, notice that's what he does. He helps the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything. Hello, anybody stupid? Come on, here's your answer right here. Come on, some wives are saying, yeah, my husband's stupid. Here's, Here's your answer right here. Come on, do you want to be smarter? You want to be wiser? It's, it's not found in a person. We say, oh, God, I want to be smarter. God says, well, you need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
You need an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit because when he comes, he's going to help you. And one of the things he's going to help you do is get smarter. You're not going to be doing those stupid things like you've been doing. Come on. You're not going to be buying those things that you've been buying. He will remind you, "Uh uh-oh, somebody got memory problem. Well, that's just a senior moment. You don't have to have a senior moment. Your help is here. Come on, somebody. Your help is here. Shout, my help is here. He will remind you of everything that I have ever told you. Man, I'm running out of time. Let's go on to the next one real quick. John 15, 26. Jesus' last words to the disciples, the helper. Guys, I'm getting ready to die for you. But here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to understand. The helper will come. The spirit who reveals the truth about God and who comes from the Father. I will send him to you from the Father and he will speak about me. In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you everything about Jesus or Jesus is the word. Are you confused about this? You can't learn this without a relationship with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. This is foundational stuff, but this is going to grow us. Come on. Is this helping you? Let me show you the last one. John 16, 7. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. That's what you've been looking for. Your advantage is not found in winning the lotto. Your advantage is an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. It says that I go away, for if I did not go away, the helper, the helper. Jesus tells the disciples, on the night before he dies on the cross, his last words, they, they got to be important. And he says, here, here, guys, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to help you. Now, now some of you that, you that don't impact you, that doesn't affect you, because you don't really understand what that means. Let me, let me define that from the Bible. The helper defined out of the Bible dictionary is this, one called alongside in order to assist and to aid in the affairs of life. One called alongside in order to assist and to aid in the affairs of life. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it for you. He does it with you. Well, I said a lot right there. In other words, if I was to ask you to come help me, help me to move this table here, what would I be asking you to do? I'd pick up this side and you'd pick up that side, right? If I was to ask you to help me move this table and when you got up here, I went and sat down, you would look at me real funny like, what the heck's going on? The Holy Spirit doesn't do it for you. He does it with you. With, with <laughs> Which is to say, when you make a decision that I don't want to be angry anymore, then the Holy Spirit can help you to not be angry anymore. When you make a decision not to run around on your wife anymore, then the Holy Spirit can... But if you're not picking up, come on, if you're not... When you make a decision that your finances are going to get better, then the Holy Spirit can come. Come on, he's our helper. Somebody shout, he's our helper. In fact, this is what the Apostle Paul said. He said it in Romans 8, 8, 26. He says, the Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems. I, I, I get it. I understand. I've been at church a long time. And uh, I know some of you out there, you're saying, man, I wish we had something else. I, you know, I wish this was, he, he doesn't know, man. My marriage is jacked up and my finances are a mess. I just lost my job. I, man, my kids are just, man, they're off the charts. They're rebellious. They, 
they're just, they're just, they're just messing with me. And I'm just saying to you, this is your answer. You can come into church week after week. You can experience even a great God encounter or a Wednesday, first Wednesday, and, and be touched by God. But until you start doing what I'm teaching you, you're not going to get help in that situation. The Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems. And the, and the truth is, is if you're not cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you're not receiving Him, if you're not opening up to Him, and how could you if you didn't even know He existed? Here's a question I want to ask you. Have you ever considered asking the Holy Spirit for help? I can't tell you how many times in, in my life I've been in my office or I've been praying up early. I said, God, God, I need your help. I'm thinking about times that, man, I just needed, I needed help big time. And I've had the Spirit of God say to me, not an audible voice, but just, just up out of my spirit, he says, Has you, have, have you asked the Holy Spirit for help? See, a lot of times we talk to God, the Father. A lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Jesus, but have you considered asking the Holy Spirit, the one, the God who lives in you, have you ever considered to ask him when you're driving your car, come on, when you're at work, when you're doing what you do, have you ever just looked on the inside and said, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would, would, would your bestie really consider you to be their bestie if you never talked to him? When's the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to help you in your relationships, to help you find the husband or or the wife that you've been looking for, or to help you to achieve goals financially? When's, when's the last time you partnered in a relationship with the God that's on the inside of you? I'm going to stop with this last verse. I think I can do it right here. Stick with me. The, the, the help of the Holy Spirit can be described in so many different ways, and I'm hoping to really help in the next couple of weeks to show you this. That, that, that hopefully over the next couple of weeks, you're going to say, man, why didn't anybody ever tell me this before? This is like news to me. This is the answer I've been looking for. And then the Bible scribe describes so many ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us. But I like the way Jesus pretty well sums up the help of the Holy Spirit. And I think we can close with this today because Jesus shows you what the help of the Holy Spirit really looks like in your life. It's that last conversation that he has with the disciples, and this is what he tells the disciples in John 16, verse 12. He says, I have a, I have a lot more to tell you, but that would be too much for you now. Can, can, do you get this? He's getting ready to die on a cross. He says, I have so much more to tell you about the Holy Spirit, but I can't tell you. I have so much more to tell you about God and life and things. He says, but, but here's what's going to happen when the spirit of truth comes. And he did. He will guide you into the full truth. He won't speak on his own. He will speak what he hears. And he will tell you about things to come. You can have inside information. There's no reason as a Christ follower, follower that you should ever be surprised by things. If you have an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God can warn you, tell you, communicate to you. 
And Jesus says, I got so much to tell you, but let me just wrap it up with this, guys. And I want you to hear a celebration today. He says, when he comes, he's going to guide. Everybody say guide. At all of our campuses, say guide. Shout it again. Say guide. Jesus says he's going to be your guide. What does it mean to be a guide? To guide, out of the Bible dictionary again, it means to direct or influence the behavior of. When you start having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he's going to begin to direct or influence your behavior. In other words, you're going to be under his influence. Jesus said, this is so important. It's so important that I go because when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to help you and you won't have to be under the influence of all your alcohol and all your stress and all your fear and all your worry and all your debt and all your lack and all your anger. You can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit that can direct you in every area of your life. In other words, he says he's going to guide you to win in every area of your life. Come on, at all the campuses, you receive that today. This is what you have been looking for, celebration. Come on, this is what we have been looking for. So many Christ followers so many church-going people, the Holy Spirit has been an absolute un, unused resource in their life, not because they deny him, but simply because they ignore him. And I'm here to tell you he's a person, he's not weird, he is God, and he is your help, and you need to open your heart up and receive the help of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you receive that today, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I kind of feel like Jesus today. I got so much to tell you, but we ain't got the time to tell you today. You're going to have to come back, but this is what I know. Hear me today as we close. According to Ephesians 1.13, hear me. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the moment the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the moment the help, the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you to assist you, to aid you, to influence your life. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads at all of our locations. As I look all over this congregation today here in Clovis, there in Fresno, Madeira, before we leave today, maybe you're here today and that's where you need to start. You, you, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never called upon him. You've never surrendered your life to him. The Bible's very clear. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. And at that moment, not that you pray a prayer, but that you mean it in your heart. The moment you truly surrender your life is the moment the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you. Wow, wow, wow. If that's you today here in Clovis, here in Fresno, or in Madeira, and that's you and you need a relationship with God, you're far from God, 
Maybe you've never received him or maybe you've done it 99 times, but you've walked away from him and you want to give your life back to him. You need to rededicate your life. If that's you, as I look all over this congregation, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need you to lead me in a prayer. Hands going up all over the sanctuary. In all of our locations, hands are going up. Just hold them up for a moment. Come on, if that's you, we're going to give, get our lives right today. We're going to surrender our lives to Jesus. You can put your hands down at all of our locations. I want you to pray this prayer, but it's more than just praying a prayer. It's meaning it with every fiber of your life. Pray this prayer with me. Everybody join together. We do it as a family. Say, Father God. Come on, say it again. Father God, today I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Father, forgive me of all my sins. And with your help, with your help, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up at all of our campuses. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Thank you.